Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, folks? Can we give Jesus a hand clap of praise and just welcome him right into this house? Praise the Lord. It is so good to see everybody. We're excited about what the Lord is going to do in this house today. Thank you. Your words have comforted us. Your support has strengthened us. Your love has sustained us. We extend our deepest thanks to you for your kindness during our greatest sadness. The prayers, the love, giving, all have been greatly appreciated and needed. We appreciate it all more than words can express, and we love you all, the Moody family. God bless you guys. Our prayers, continued prayers, are with you through your loss today. I want to make just a few announcements. Um, this past week, I was able to do something I had never done before. I went to the house of Lewis and Rosemary Addis, and um, Lewis is not doing well. He needs our prayers, but Lewis wanted to join the church. I'd never known that he was not a member. He had came here, I guess, for probably 18 or so years, never had become a member. So Brian and I went there and took him into the church there. And so today, if there's any objection to that, I'm going to ask you to speak now forever hold your peace. This is basically just an affirmation that the body accepts that Lewis Addis is now a member of our church. So if there's no objection, can we give a big hand clap? I don't know if they can hear us or not, but man, Lewis, we're glad to have you, buddy. And uh, he'll hear that on our CD. He'll hear that on the CD this week. So we're excited to have him as a member of our church, something he always wanted to do. And I'm uh, nearing the end. He feels like he wanted to do that. So we... Uh, honor that family today. Uh, also, we honor our council members. Uh, Rick Masters, can I get you to stand for me really quick? James Hooper, you're already standing at the back. And also, I don't know if Billy's here or not, Billy Grant. But today, these three guys, they've served you for the last two years, faithfully in council meetings. And uh, we got some stuff done, guys. We got some stuff done. Or should I say we've got some stuff on the books to get done. But um, we're going to get it done. Can you honor these guys today? Let's just give them a hand clap for their service. We love you all. Thank you all today. We also have a new council that will be coming on board. There's already four that are on there. Of course, we have these three that will be coming off. So today, if you haven't voted, as you walk out of those doors on your right-hand side, there's a nice little information, little black stand that they use sometimes to put stuff on. The ballots are right there, a couple pins out there. There's pins at the side holders as well on the way out. So just grab one, vote for three names at the bottom there, and you can just drop, just fold it up, drop your ballot in the giving box back there, either one of those, and we'll gather those for you. So you can have your privacy in that if you'd like to. The phase two begin date is next Monday, August 22nd. Can somebody praise the Lord in the house? And with that in mind, service next Sunday will be in the gym, all right? So we'll be transitioning. We will not have a Wednesday evening service because we're going to be getting some guys. Pastor Brian's already got some, some of you guys lined up. And if some of you muscles want to help, then be here Wednesday night. We've got to move everything you see in this church pretty much, drums, music, uh, we've, we've got to move all the sound stuff, so there's a lot that's going to be going on, so we need help, but I think Pastor Brian's been getting up with some of y'all, and so we appreciate you for coming and helping us do that, and so we'll be in, in the gym next Sunday, that'll be August the 21st, and that'll be our first service there, we should be out for a minimum of, um, uh, of um, six weeks, and we're praying a maximum of eight weeks. But you didn't hear me say that. 
Anyone interested in taking a pew? If you are interested in a pew, please hear me very, very good. We're in the office Monday through Thursday every week. Someone will be here to let you in. You will have to, of course, uh, handle the transportation of it. We're not moving them to houses. We just don't have the means to do that. So you'll probably need a trailer or whatever. Or if you want to cut it in half and put it on the back of a truck, however you want to do it. Uh, some people are talking about refinishing different things. We're fine with that. And um, so if you want a piece of, of, of legacy and want a pew, I want you to please, please let us know this week. And, uh, and, and you can come get it this week, all right? I've had several of you ask. So I want to make sure everybody knows that. If you are getting one, this is the time to do it. Because come Monday morning, I can't make any promises. They're going to come in here and they're going to be in control and I'm going to let them do their thing. So, so if you want one, let us know this week. We'll make sure that the doors are open so you can get one, all right? August 23rd at 12 noon, and I'm going to move out the way here. We got Gap Hill Widows meeting. It's summer's last hurrah. It is food, fun, games, prizes, and Bible study. They have a really good group out there. So if you are a widow and you have not joined this group, I'm telling you, you need to be there August 23rd at 12 noon. I take it that's going to be in the gym, correct? That will be in the front part of the gym. So don't miss that. All right, go ahead and play for me, Susan. I'm going I'm to get on to my prayer here. Um, I want to pray for Frank. This is Susan Orr's father. Uh, he is um, having a hard time, had some bad reports that came through with some cancer and, uh, and things such as this. We need to be in prayer for this family today, for healing prayers and for strength. Also, as I said before, for Rose Marie, for her strength and also for our dear brother Lewis and the family. Also for Bonnie Moody family, as mentioned before. Also for Martha Duncan, that's Maddie, that's Frankie's sister. Praise report that she may be able to come home this week. And so we definitely give God glory for that. Continue prayers for the Edwards family and the loss also of that grandbaby, that son, that God would be with them today. Father, we thank you for your powerful name, Jesus. We thank you that in that name, there's no other name greater. There's no other force on earth that is more powerful. No bomb, no, no things that man can make physically in the natural that is any greater than the name of Jesus today. And so in that name, we pray for healing. We pray for comfort. We pray for peace. We pray for strength. We pray today for encouragement. We are asking you to put your loving arms around us today, around families that are hurting today. Let the Holy Ghost come in this place. Let us know that we have been in the presence of the Lord. Let it not just be another service that we come together and, and worship you, but let this be a special moment. Let this be a Bethel moment. Let this be a God moment where we know that surely the presence of the Lord has been in this place. And, and I'm just honored to be here. I'm just glad to be here. Humble us in your presence. Let us grow. Let us love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's open up with a wonderful hymn.
praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
We bless you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You said we're two or three gathered in your name. You would be in the midst, oh God. And now we bless you. Your name be praised. Hallelujah. You be glorified, Lord Jesus.
worship you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We lift you and magnify your name. Hallelujah. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. God make a way for you in this house today? How many of you ever had that Red Sea in front of you and didn't know how you were going to make it through? But all of a sudden, there's a God that split the waters and you walked through on dry ground like it was absolutely nothing. That is the God that we serve in this house today. If the Lord would help me for just a few moments, I want to attempt to deal with the topic entitled, When All You Have Is a Maybe. How many of you saw my Facebook post yesterday? Anybody? I kind of gave a little post on this yesterday, and so for you that saw it, maybe you knew something was coming or stirring inside of me, I don't know. 
But today I want to deal with the fact when all that you have is a maybe. Look at 1 Samuel 14. This is a story. I think oftentimes, you know, we have popular stories in the Bible that, that we read. We, we know about Daniel and the lion's den. We know about, you know, Moses and the Red Sea, as I just mentioned. Uh, David and Goliath. We, we have all these highlighted stories that we go through. We kind of call it the kids' stories is what we call them. Because a lot of times in kids' church, we learn these Old Testament stories. And thank God for them, right? Because that's why today we can, we can spit them off like this and we know them because there was some Sunday school teacher in a back room when we were a kid that took the time to teach us about Jesus. Amen. And so I still remember those days and I remember those stories. But sometimes we can miss, we can miss some stories in there. And I don't know if you've ever missed this one or not, but I, I want you to find it this morning. Then Joshua said to his young man, or young man, who bore his armor, a.k.a. they were known as armor bearers. He said, come, let us go over to the garrison of the uncircumcised. It, anybody still with me? It may be. It may be. I'm going to tell you, Jonathan's a brave guy, because if I'm going to fight 20 people with me and my armor bearer, who doesn't even have a sword, more than likely, yeah, he's a brave soul. But he says it may be that the Lord will work for us. For nothing, nothing or no thing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his armor bearer, being the knucklehead that he was, said, do all that is in your heart, go then, here I am with you according to your heart. That means if it's in your heart to do it, it's in my heart to do it. If you're crazy enough to attack, I'm crazy enough to attack with you. My mama taught me something a long time ago. Son, if somebody tells you to jump off a building, are you going to do it just because they told you to do it? If somebody else goes and jumps off a building, are you going to do it just because they did it? This is the type of guy this is. He says, Jonathan, if you're going to fight, it's crazy. More than likely, we're going to lose. More than likely, today, we are going to die. But if I die, I'm going to die fighting. But Jonathan had a maybe from the Lord. Then Jonathan said, very well, let us cross over to these men and we will show ourselves to them. Hey guys, we're over here. I never understood when you're watching movies and there's this guy that walks into the room and there's two or three guys standing there. He's got a clean shot on him. And he has to let them know he's there. Why did they do that? It doesn't even make Take the shot. Take three of them before they turn around. But don't say, I'm here to make you day, boys. If they say to us, Wait until we come to you, then we'll stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say thus, come up to us, then we will go up, for the Lord has delivered them into our hands, and this will be a sign to us. If the enemy feels brave enough to say, bring it, then we're going to bring it. I love that kind of faith. If the devil thinks for one minute that he can challenge me, Go ahead and challenge me is what Jonathan is saying. Because right the time it comes out of his mouth before he knows it, I'm going to jump on him and he's going to be dead. What a man of God.
See, understand with me in the passage that I've read to you, we really have one of the greatest all-time great moments of the Old Testament. Uh, you would not find a better movie scene than what I just painted for you if you're like me and you're a visualist and you can see them climbing up the top of the mountain like the scripture depicts and getting to the top and when they reach the top saying hey we're over here and the guys say to them come on over here and let us show you a thing or two that's what they said in the Bible if you read on in your text there they said just come on over here we're going to show you something boy is pretty much what they said to them you can't think of a better movie scene You've got 20 men on an outpost that's guarding a garrison entering into the main city. They're the support system. They're the guard. They're the ones that keep you from getting on the inside. It's one of the most important outposts that the Philistines have. We've got two guys, Jonathan and his armor bearer. His armor bearer, all that an armor bearer does according to history and even in scripture, we find that the armor bearer was basically used to carry the weapons and the armor of their master. That's their job. They just towed it for them. And when it comes time to fight, they give them this. Now there's some places in the Bible that we can find where an armor bearer had a sword. We can find with Saul and his armor bearer where he asked him, he said, kill me. He said, take your sword and kill me. In that instance... It appears that he has a sword in his hand. But he wouldn't do it. Saul fell on his own sword. But in this text, we don't see anywhere where the armor bearer has a sword. All he's doing that we can find is he's carrying the armor of Jonathan. There is not a better movie scene. I'm going to tell you that if I could put it on the screen today and play it the way it's in my mind right now, you men would tear up. And don't y'all try to act big and bad in front of your wife and act like you ain't never cried at a movie. Don't even go there with me. I know you have. I know you teared up and wiped it away. I'm telling you, this one right here would bring a tear to, to your eye as you watch this victory. That I mean, if you would just put it with the right background music, yeah, it'd make you tear up. We've got a story here that God is showing for Jonathan that with God's blessing and his help. He can defeat an entire outpost of Philistines. It is, it is Jonathan in one statement that captures the truth of all that is possible if we just believe that God is fighting for us. But not only is God fighting for us, He is also fighting with us. And I'll talk about that in just a little while. God expects us to fight too. Jonathan said, nothing. I love that word, don't you? Nothing. So it doesn't matter what I'm going through. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. It does not matter how much I'm going through. How little I'm going through. It doesn't matter how big of a problem it may be to me. I've got a God that says that is absolutely nothing to me. See, I want you to understand. It doesn't matter whether it's big or whether it's small. It looks the same to an omnipotent, all-powerful God. He does not see big problems and small problems. Because with Him, there's no variance. There's no difference. To us, we may categorize these things. But in God's eyes, parting Red Seas is just as simple as... as, as Get, giving me a phone call this evening to get a new job. I mean, it, it, to God, 
It's now to us the call is simpler because you can't part water. But when we serve a God like this, and Jonathan has grabbed a hold of this, that is why he can use a maybe in this moment that of despair that it seems like that there's no hope. God doesn't care what it looks like. So the Lord is saying, if you will move in the natural. I will move in the supernatural. I want to say that again. If you will take your abilities and you will utilize them for the kingdom of God, then I'm going to join forces with you and then the natural and supernatural are going to meet. And when the supernatural meets, let me tell you what happens. Now you've got your abilities plus God's abilities. When you put those two together, do you understand what you have? You have a recipe of anointing, a recipe for success if God is with you. But, but there's something in me, all right? I'm just going to be honest. I like the guaranteed deals, the guaranteed deals. I like knowing what's going to happen, and I like being able to plan thus. But the truth is that we're going to face more maybes in our walk with God then we are guarantees. <laughs> we are going to face those maybe moments that are pretty much situations that we have to walk by faith. And faith looks different all the time. Faith doesn't mean that I always get exactly what I prayed for. Faith does not mean that the answer always comes the way that I expect it to come. What faith says is that I am trusting that there is a God that knows more than I know. A God that is greater than I am. Faith says I am going to walk with Him. And though He slay me, Job says, yet I am still going to trust Him. That, my friend, is walking in true faith. And so we've got a Jonathan here that says there's nothing too hard for God. I'm going to walk in faith because he has the power to turn my maybe into a miracle. If I can just walk and believe. And this is the point. He knows when he climbs up that mountain, Scott, today I may die. Everybody still with me? Today may be the last battle I ever fight. To his poor armor bearer, God bless his soul. He walks up the hill, got his armor and his sword and handed it to his master. Saying, what am I supposed to do? I grab a stone and bash him over the head. I'll knock him down, you just bash him. Grab something to fight with, I don't care what you grab. Here he is understanding that today could be it. And all that his master has given him is not a guarantee. Son, we're going to come out on the other side. Son, God is going to deliver us. Son, God is going to answer our prayer. Son, God is going to do it just like we asked him to do it. What he said is maybe the Lord will show up. Maybe a miracle will happen if we could just have faith to believe. And that is exactly what happens in our story See, understand with me today, if we only take our current circumstances in life and we try to plan off of that and we make decisions, planning for our future off of that, 
We won't move into the promise that God wants us to move into. We won't sow the seeds of faith that God wants us to sow. The field that He's put us in that He wants us to bless other people and sow into their life. If all we ever do is make decisions based on the circumstances that we are going through most of the time, guess what we're going to be? We're going to be disgusted, busted, some of us broke, and we're going to be tired, and we're going to be angry, and we're going to be bitter, because that is called life. Life is horrible. It's a simple place. And I'm telling you, it deals out bad hands all of the time. That is why there's something in the children of God that says there is a yearning to leave this old world so that we can go to this other world that many that have went on before us today, they're already rejoicing. They're already in the presence of Jesus. They already know what perfect peace with the Lord is. But here we are in this life having the struggle with circumstances and trouble and tears and crying and, and mourning and pain. That is what we're left with. The circumstances of the hour. We must understand that we cannot make permanent decisions in our life. A wise preacher spoke this into me many, many years ago when I was still in my 20s. I'm only 39, stop it. He looked at me and he said, Jimmy, he said, an old preacher, if you'll take advice from him, the best piece of advice I can give you is never make a permanent decision. Based on a temporary circumstance. I didn't understand it at the time. But I understand it now. Don't you make a decision based off of the circumstance. That you're going through right now. Because if you make a decision for your future. Based off of what you're feeling right now. Guess what? You may quit. You may give up. You may have a bad Sunday. Your sermon may not be as good as you wanted it to be. You may have a dear beloved member that comes and just wants to. Tell you something after service. Or better than that, right before you preach. If you make decisions, so he says you can't do that. Jonathan pulled away from that and said, wait a minute. I'm not going to base my future off of what could be. I'm going to base my future off of a maybe. I'm just going to throw my faith out there. I'm going to climb up this mountain and I'm going to see what God can do with the maybe. Oh, hallelujah to God. And there's some of you in here moving in the God's promise for your life is going to require faith. And it's going to require you moving from where you are right now sometimes as missionaries sometimes even geographically you have to move from one place to another whether your present circumstances are ready or not God says now is the time I mean can you imagine a missionary got kids in school and God's like hey you're gonna have to start homeschooling you what oh yeah by the way you're moving to another country can you imagine that God bless their souls is all I can say they need our prayers man that's tough it takes the call of God. But they don't look at their circumstances and say, all right, I'm going to plan my future off of this. All right, God, we'll get to that. I got six more months here at school. And once the kids get out, we'll, we'll go over there to Africa and preach to those people that you told us to preach to. That's not how God works. God is saying you've got to move out of this place to another. It may make you uncomfortable, but you cannot base it off of your... If we wait on things to be just right or perfect before we start sowing in the people's lives or doing the will of God... See, see, see. Has anybody ever heard of OCD? Anybody? 
Does anybody have OCD? <laughs> it's like I'm about to break out in the YMCA using these signals. Anyhow, I love our cleaners. I love them. They're precious people. Wonderful people. I just don't want them dusting my office desk. And I let them know it too. Now, it's fine today. Because for some reason, Brian, I can't figure it out. Maybe they, maybe they listen to this stuff now. Yeah, we're going to get him. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes my stuff gets moved, Terry. It's like, you know, I'm like, and I go to sit down and say, whoa, 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 that ain't right. I mean, they've got it two inches off. What in the world were they thinking? Maybe God's trying to say, Jimmy, you got a problem and you need to deal with it, son. But before I can get back to work and laugh at me, mock at me, make a joke on Facebook, I could care less. I got to straighten up the cross over here and the, and the, pin, the pins over here because I've got to reach for them and they need to be the right distance. If they're too far, you got to... I got to get it just right. But I'm going to tell you, sometime in our spirits we get this way to where we think everything's got to be just right before God can do anything. Or it's got to be just right before we can start sowing our seed. Oh, I would do this ministry. I would do this thing. or I've thought about it, but, but the timing's not right. You ever heard anybody say that? What they are saying is they're trying to get everything lined up perfectly. They have got a case of spiritual OCD. But with God, that's not the way it works. Because with God, everything can be out of order. And until you move forward in faith, God's not going to put it back together until you break through with a maybe and say, maybe God will give us a miracle today. And that is exactly what God did with Jonathan. What would you do today if I told somebody in this house that you were literally right here, right now, you were one step away from your miracle. What would you change? If I told somebody today, you are literally one day away from your maybe becoming a miracle, what would you do? Maybe some of you would say, you know what? I'd salvage this marriage. I'd give it another day. Maybe somebody, you've had that attitude, boy, you've been bitter. You've been holding it in. If you knew in one more day that the Spirit was about to fill your house in a way you've never experienced before. You've never felt it like that in a church. You never felt it when a preacher preached. You never felt it when a song was sung. Like you felt it when you were sitting in your living room. But the glory of God filled. If I could tell you today that you were just one day away from that, what would you change? I would hope that somebody in here would say, you know what, Pastor? I'm going to hold on just a little bit longer. I wish somebody would say, I'm going to try just a little bit harder. I'm going to pray one more time. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to walk in faith. Just so, Listen, you've been doing it this long. Why stop now? Why stop now? Maybes become miracles when we just believe. i got to hurry. If you wait until you're absolutely sure, do you know what you'll do? You'll do what most of us do. We'll just sit there. But you cannot just sit back until you're absolutely convinced that you should make a move or everything is just right. If you do, what you end up doing is missing out on your miracle. Why don't you ask the four lepers at the gate? The Bible said that they were sitting there and they were about to die. They were literally about to starve. The Syrians camp is right in front of them. But there's a war that has broken out. Do you know what they did? 
They just sat there and died, right? No one guy says, why are we going to sit here until we die? If we get up, maybe. Maybe we'll find some food. Maybe we'll get a miracle. But if we sit here and don't do anything... If we wait on somebody to bring us bread, if we wait on somebody to get a prayer through, if we wait on somebody else to do something we should do for ourselves, we're going to sit here drive and wither like a prune and we are going to die. Maybe if we get up, a miracle will happen. And you know the story for you Bible readers, but for you that don't, they got up that day, they walked into the Syrians' camp, a war had broke out, the enemy had ran out of their camp, and the Bible said they could pick the choicest fruit that they wanted. They didn't have to fight for it, they didn't have to struggle for it, all because they had a maybe, they walked into a camp that was full of food, and they had a, a Thanksgiving meal, I mean they had the best of everything, nobody stopping them, nobody questioning them, because somebody got up and did something with a maybe in their life God is going to do the same for you if you could just believe him for it so what do you do pastor when you're not certain well I'm going to tell you there's a lot of things I'm not certain about sometimes I feel like I don't know much of anything but here's the deal when God opens a door in your life when it opens up, oftentimes it seems like it could be a maybe. Maybe. Huh. Maybe. Maybe if I walk through that door, things would change. Maybe God's, maybe God is making a way. Maybe, maybe God wanted me to take this path. That door was closed last month, but it's open today. Maybe God did that. Now, I can stand here and I can stare at my little door that God's cracking for me and saying, hey, Jimmy, just go over there and push the thing open, son. It's there. It's open. I've unlocked the door. All I want you to do is just push it, right? But if I'm not careful with life circumstance, what I'm dealing with, things aren't just right and everything's not perfect. So I'm just going to sit here. You know, God, if it's really your will for this door to open, I'm going to ask you to swing it open wide for me. No. God wants you, like the four leper, to get up. Because if you just sit here and look at the door, you are going to sit there and talk yourself out of a blessing. You are literally going to sit there and you are going to talk yourself out of a miracle all because you're worried about a what? A maybe. But let me show you something that's very, very interesting. It's not faith, it's fear is what keeps us back from going through. So if you were to ask a fisherman today, and you ask a fisherman, do you have any guarantee that if we go fishing today, that we're going to catch some fish? What is the fisherman going to tell you? Well, if they're, if they're good at telling fishermen tales, they might tell you y'all going to catch about 25. But if they tell the truth, the cold hard truth, they're going to look at you and say, I can't make no guarantees today. They can go out and they buy a $30,000, wait, with the price of inflation, $40,000 bass boat. They can go out and they can buy a brand new truck. They can buy $2,000 worth of the best 
gear that you can fish with. I mean, boy, the bass are eating it up. They're doing commercials left and right. This is the real deal here, buddy. If you'll just spray this garlic on it, if you'll just dip it, if you'll just spit on it, my gosh, us fishermen have done everything, haven't we? It will work. All you've got to do is they can buy all of that, get all the conditions right, all of those things. But when they go out there, do you know what they go on? They go on a maybe. The goal when they go is maybe today I will catch a fish. But they go fishing anyhow. And I'm trying to tell some of you that that is the way it's going to be in your life. There's some things you don't have guarantees at. You just got to go off of maybe. And you've got to trust. But what a joy to a fisherman when he goes out there and he throws that net or he throws up. If you're net fishing, I don't know if y'all do that anymore. But he throws that line. Or like Chevy and these other guys that shoot their bows. Whatever they're using, when they do it, they're saying, maybe I'm going to come with some. And when they get it, the joy that fills their soul, all because their maybe turns into a miracle. God did it for the fishermen in the Bible. When they fished all night, we've caught nothing. But He said, go out there, throw your net on the other side. And they said, well, maybe we'll catch something. Let's do it. And a miracle happened that night until the other boats had to come and help them get the fish in. I'm trying to tell you today that God is wanting to turn your maybe into a miracle. You've just got to believe that the God you serve is able to do it. Oh. Woo. So all of a sudden we got our motives right. If we die, we die. If we lose today, we lose today. But I can tell you this. It may be. Understand Jonathan, his armor bearer, one sword between them. According to chapter, 32, uh, chapter 13, verse 22. We do find that there's one sword between them. They're about to fight against 20 Philistines at one time. Jonathan looked over at his little armor bearer and says, if they, if they tell us to come fight, we're going to attack. It may be the Lord is with us. It blesses me because they're not certain. They are not sure of what's going to happen. But I like what the armor bearer said. He had just as much faith because he is like Jonathan. He said, man, I'm going to tell you, I am with you all the way. I can see him as he looks at him and says, what's the battle plan, master? And Jonathan looks at him and says, head on. Head on is the plan. What you mean? We don't have no, I mean, I thought you'd have had an extravagant plan. We throw some rocks, get them over there, kill one, throw another rock. I mean, we're making a movie here, right? Let's make it good. But nothing fancy. We're just going to go out there headstrong. We're going to wave and say, hey, we're over here. What you want us to do? Oh, come on over here and we'll show you a thing. All right, that's the plan. We're going to go and we're going to fight head on two against 20 people. And do you know what's powerful? He hadn't even read the story of Elisha yet. When Elisha is standing there with his servant by his side and he says oh father father look around us look at all the chariots we're surrounded by the enemy what are we going to do and Elisha said they that be with us are more than be with them and I preach to you that it may look like the enemy has surrounded you but God has surrounded your enemy he had never read that before you think about this we have got Genesis the Revelation it's called the holy book called the Bible. 
We know every story that's ever been written. We know most of the promises that have been stated. But yet we're some of the most faithless people we've ever seen. Why is that? Why is it? Jonathan didn't have a Bible to read. Sure, he might have read some of Moses' writing. He had the law. But my goodness, the law is like if you sin, we're going to take you out back and stone you, buddy. I mean, what kind of hope is that for anybody? <laughs> I mean, he hasn't read about miracles. But here we've got the whole Bible. I'm telling you, this man had true faith. He shows us what faith looks like. He goes towards the enemy camp. They go toward their problem. Understand with me. It says something about your faith. When I see you struggling in the battle. But you keep on fighting anyhow. It says something about your faith. When come hell or high water. I can stand back like Job and say, I don't know how they're still standing. I don't know how they're making it. I don't know how somebody could go through that and still lift their hand and give God praise. I don't understand how somebody could suffer a loss, but they come in and smile and shake my hand and give me a word of encouragement. I don't understand that. That says something about your faith. Because what you have done is what Jonathan and his little armor bearer did. You went head on at the enemy. But you know what? What, what, what else tells me about somebody's fear is when I see the problem and they say, whoop, see y'all later. Where did Job go? They're not like the armor bearer. said, boy, I'm going to stand here with you. I'll tell you, I'll fight to the death with you. Don't you love friends like that? You need them. And next thing you know, you look to your side and they've already taken off. Fear grabbed a hold to them. They said, I'm not going to be seen with you, buddy. I am out of here. But this armor bearer says, we're not running from it. I'm doing it. They did not say, well, we're just going to sit here until we die. I know that God has done everything else. If God, if God would just do that for us, you know, you know, God can take care of the battle. We're just going to sit here and let God do it. We, we, we trust God. He, he's a God that can fight battles. We, we don't even have to lift the sword. No. They said, all we have is one sword. We've got one little baby, one little crumb from God. But here we come like David with Goliath in the name of the Lord. In other words, we could say it this way. Maybe or not, here I come. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise and let this preacher get a swallow of water. I got to close. I got to close. All right, give me five minutes and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit. So God showed up. A maybe becomes a miracle. A great victory happens. And I'm convinced today that he will do the same for you. Run to him. Give him your problem. Run into it head on. And the beautiful thing I have for you today is nothing is impossible with him. God will meet you there if you will trust Him. He met the three Hebrew boys in the fire. He meets Daniel in the lion's den. And He's going to meet you as well. I believe the secret to the whole story on my last point is this. That nothing supernatural happens until something natural happens. We, we enjoy sitting in the bleachers. And saying, go get them, God. 
But God looks back at us and says, you go get them. You, you do something. It's kind of like Michael Jordan. It was funny because Michael's a, a, Jordan is a billionaire. But he has a friend named Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley was in basketball, made good money as well. Probably worth, uh, I'd say, under $100 million, Maybe four, 30, 40 million, But nowhere near a billion dollars. But I love when, when Jordan used to say, we used to go out to eat. And he said, most people, because of who I am, they expect me to buy the meal. I'm a, right, I'm a billionaire, so I buy the meal. That's what people expect. That's what they think automatically. He said, but Charles is my friend. He said, because we have to fight over the bill. And it's not that Charles is poor. It's just the point of the story. Jordan's got a lot more money than he does. So naturally, you think, well, the guy with the most money pays for the meal, right? But he said, Charles is a real friend. Because Charles grabs that bill and says, no, I'm paying for it today. Can I, can, I, can, can I tell you, sometime I think that we think just because his name is God. That he's supposed to just do it for us. Just because of who he is. He's supposed to just work out that miracle. He's supposed to just give us that promotion. He's supposed to just work out our family details and issues. But no. God's saying, I need a Jonathan. I need an armor bearer that will get up there and say, I'm going first. I'm, maybe God will show up. Maybe God will help me when I get there. But bless God, I'm going to have faith that I trust him enough. That if I'll show him, I believe him. That he's going to meet me there. Play, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done today. God help us. If you do something natural, God releases the supernatural. That is why with the natural, it is so important. That is why praise is so important. Because the natural is happening. God doesn't make you lift your hands. You just do it naturally. God doesn't come over there and slap you in the head and say, you big dummy, shout hallelujah. That's not how God works, does He? I mean, the Holy Spirit may grab you sometime and shake you up. He's done that to me. He said, what are you doing, man? You're dead. Wake up. The Holy Spirit can speak to us. God can deal with our hearts. But praise happens. But that spiritual OCD kicks in so often. And says, wait, it's not just right. That song needs to be half a key higher. Because if you do it half a key higher, it would make me feel it just a little more. That preacher, if he would preach five minutes shorter. Oh, I'd even go to the altar, bless God. I wouldn't be so hungry. I could actually do it. What, what are we doing? Something natural has to happen before the supernatural takes place. That is why praise, it doesn't matter if it's just right. It doesn't matter if nobody else is doing it. If you want to encounter the supernatural, something natural has to happen. Jonathan says to his armor bearer, oh, let's go back home. We can't take 20 men. Let's go. You know what happens that day? Absolutely nothing. They go home defeated. 
dejected. They feel deflated. They feel as if they have lost the battle because they have. But something natural rose up in Jonathan and said, wait a minute. My best friend's name's David. I know what this guy has done. I know the miracles that can happen. I see the hand of God on him. When my father's got an evil spirit, all he does is start playing a harp. And when the natural and the supernatural meet, an evil spirit subsides and lays down and goes a base just at the music of a natural finger. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? I know there's a God up there somewhere. And naturally, he moves forward. And now he's got a story to tell. And thank God I've got a sermon to preach. The natural. Prayer. That's why prayer is so important. The natural touches the supernatural. That is why confessing the word is so important. Speaking it. Because when you speak it in the natural, the supernatural touches you. That is why giving every week like you do is so important. Because when you give in the natural, the supernatural starts happening. God has to find some people who will move out on nothing but a maybe. You can miss your miracle. You can wait for yourself to be full of faith. And and there is no risk. You can say, I'm praying about it, right? Let's all stand. But God's saying, wait a minute, buddy. I I need you to trust me now. When we step out on faith, God says, there's a faith I'm looking for. I can do something. Even through their doubts and through their fears. Through their insecurities. As long as there's a maybe, I want to give them a miracle. The centurion came to Jesus. He said, I've got a Someone's sick in the bed at home. A daughter. To which he says, you know what? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to come to your house, Jesus said. And I'm going to lay hands on them. They're going to be healed by the power of God. The centurion looked at him and says, Master, I'm not worthy for you to come in my house. I'll tell you what. All you've got to do is speak the word. And what did Jesus say? He said, I've never seen so much faith in all of Israel as a man that believes all it takes is me speaking the word you do all you can naturally and God will do what you cannot do that is all that he asks he says I will take care of the supernatural you offer him your maybe and allow him to do the rest I'm going to leave you with this and we're going to go home I often think about that woman with the issue of blood she's been to many doctors She has asked them how she can be healed. What can you do to change it? For years, for years, she's had this affliction. Twelve years. Issue of blood. She can't get rid of it. Constantly bleeding. It makes her tired. As you can only imagine. Her body feels weak. She always feels strained. Doctors don't have a solution. They don't have medicinal purposes that they could use for her condition there's nothing that we can do for you but I think about this little lady because one day she heard Jesus was coming to town y'all know the story she's sitting on her couch she don't have a TV to watch they haven't came out with those yet she's sitting there meditating she's thinking she's ready to give up I've tried everything 
I've been to the best doctors. I've spent all my money. I have done absolutely everything within my power, naturally, that I can do. But one of her neighbors come by and they say to this lady, Have you heard of Jesus of Nazareth? Yeah, I've heard a few rumors. Honey, he, he can heal the sick. This guy has even been known. Did you hear about Lazarus? He's even been known to raise the dead. I've tried everything else. But I can see this old lady and she says, maybe. Maybe. If I get off of this couch of defeat, I was thinking about giving in and giving up. But maybe, maybe Jesus can do something about this. Jesus didn't knock her door down. Jesus didn't supernaturally just send the wind in there and blow her hair off her head and the Holy Ghost shake her room and she get up and say, Praise God, let's shout, I'm healed, honey. Jesus didn't do that. She had to go looking for Him. In the natural, she goes. But when she gets there, Jesus is in the middle. It's like you just took your foot and kicked an ant bed over. And everybody's everywhere. Everybody wants to touch the hem of His garment. Everybody wants Jesus' attention. Everybody wants Jesus to heal them. She could have said, maybe another day. (laughs) I'm going back home. But this little lady said, she got down on her knees and she starts crawling. And she's pushing people. She's moving grown men out the way. And she's just hiding. They're thronged anyhow. And she's taking the low road. And she fights her way all the through, all the way through what had to be a massive crowd. And she gets there. And she touches the hem of his garment and all of a sudden because of what she was willing to do naturally something supernatural happened it was so powerful that Jesus said who touched me who just touched me who just rang the purpose that wasn't just a watcher That wasn't just somebody that bought a ticket and showed up because they wanted to see the show. That was different. His disciples said, Jesus, you've lost it, man. Have you looked around you? Why did you say who touched you? I mean, they're frogging you. Everybody's touching you. He says, but virtue has went out of me and into them. That means that somebody moved naturally and when they had the faith to step out on a maybe and they reached naturally and touched that garment, he said there is something supernatural that just took place. Heaven has kissed earth and he looked behind him and he figured out who it was. Bible said immediately the issue of blood it dried up when all you've got is a maybe if you're willing naturally to do everything that you can the supernatural will step in and make intervention for you and maybes become miracles 
I'm going to leave you with this. We have an altar today. I'm going to open that altar. They're going to sing. As they sing, if you need the supernatural, I don't care what it is, I need you to naturally do something. I need you to step out. I need you to come forward. And I need you to touch heaven. Because when you do it naturally, what's going to happen? Supernatural is going to take place. And when you step out, I want you to say these words. Maybe God will give me a miracle. That's it. Say, I'm done. Away make a miracle work. Promise me light in the darkness, my God. That's who you are. That's who you are. Oh.